Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, have you ever noticed that people really love to talk about the weather? Well, like we're constantly, constantly talking about the weather, right? I mean, if you're in a group of people and you're, you feel like you should say something, but you're really not quite sure what to say, you just say, man, let's a uh, really nice day outside, huh? I mean, I was kind of doing a, a little survey as I talked with some of you this morning and uh, uh, just how many times, you know, we talked about the weather. Hey, it's going to be really nice this week. Did you know? Uh, and by the way, I guess it's supposed to be really nice this week if you didn't know. I mean, we do it when we come to church. I mean, if it's been an unseasonably cool spring, we think, hey, everybody, guess what? If you don't know, it's been an unseasonably cool spring. I mean, we love, we love talking about the weather. Uh, we, if we were to go into an elevator and we, we, you know, encountered a total stranger for some reason, we'd feel like we should probably say something, and we don't just want to say hi, so we just go, well, it's raining outside, as if they didn't know, right? Like, ah, thank you, thank you for letting me know that it was, it was raining outside. I did some research this week. And uh, uh, it, it is a fact that um, Americans, in particular, we look at our phones collectively 8 billion times a day. 8 billion times. That's B billion times every day, collectively. I think for all of those of us who own a smartphone, that means that, that we are looking uh, around 46 times a day. Now, some of you, I realize it's a few more than that, and for some of you, it might be a few less than that, but, but here's where I was really intrigued. More than anything else, we look for the weather on our phones. Almost half the time that we're looking at our phones, we're looking at what the weather is doing. Uh, nearly 47% of the time that we look at our phone, we're, we're looking to see what it's doing outside. Uh, more than we text, more than we look at what our latest sports teams are doing, more than we look for the news, we want to know about the weather. I mean, we are so good at talking about nothing. I mean, the weather, it's this kind of like this nebulous thing, isn't it? I mean, all of us experience it, and so it becomes this, this avenue in common conversation uh, to probably allow us, uh, well, it probably allows us to escape the discomfort of a real conversation. What if, what if by talking about the weather, what if by uh, looking at the weather, what if concentrating on the weather is really just keeping us from engaging in something more substantial? Uh, Jesus, in fact, is going to tell us this morning that we need to put down our weather app and pick up a kingdom one. Uh, when we focus uh, less on the weather and more on the kingdom, uh, what we'll find is that Jesus is there ready to redirect our life. 
You see, we're in this series, Great Reversal. And Jesus is, is doing some surprising things, and he's turning things around, and he's uh, changing our expectations. And this morning, uh, he's going to do it again. And he's asking us to look beyond the weather and toward the kingdom. Uh, he's looking for us to say, I will engage in something bigger than my weather app. And I will pick up a kingdom app. You see, when we get beyond the weather, we find that our lives are accountable to God. Uh, when we get beyond just uh, checking our weather app uh, roughly 23 times a day, when we get beyond that, then we find that there's a spiritual ledger that we have to present to Jesus, but that he can help us with. Turn with me, would you? And go to Luke chapter 12. Go to Luke chapter 12. When we get beyond the weather, when we get beyond our app, we find that Jesus is ready to do something to redirect our lives, to move us forward. Look with me, would you, in verse 54. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the east, immediately you say, it's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites! You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky and the earth. How is it that you don't know how to interpret the, this present time? Uh, Jesus really here is challenging uh, all of those who are coming to him to listen to him to say, hey, uh, would you look at what's right under your nose? I understand. You, you like to talk about the weather. How about you talk about something a little more substantial? You see, Jesus has come. And he's been performing miracles, and he's been healing people, and he's been doing things like taking people who are blind and helping them see, and taking people who couldn't walk and helping them do so. He's taking the leprous and making them clean. And this crowd that's gathered around Jesus at this time recognizes all the things that he has been doing. Uh, he has even basically said, I have come bringing the kingdom with me. And in the wake of all of that, they want to talk about the weather. 
And Jesus says, allow your vision for what's happening right now to move a little bit beyond the weather. If you go back just a few chapters into chapter 7, you get a vision for exactly what it is that Jesus has been doing uh, that is announcing the kingdom. That lives could be changed because uh, God is with his people. If you go back to chapter 7, verse 22, there is a curious John the Baptist. And he says, go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And so Jesus here is simply saying, hey, would, would you allow your life to look beyond what's happening outside? Would you concentrate more on what's going on with God than what's going on with the weather? And if you do so, uh, what you might find is that the kingdom is present right under your nose. So I have to ask you, if you were to look over the last year, if you were to put down the weather app for a moment... If you were to say, I'm, I'm going to shift my conversation, where has God's kingdom been present with you? I was talking with some of you actually just on the way in, and I heard uh, stories in your life where God has been present. I heard victory stories of, uh, of people saying, you know what, I, I had a good friend go, and he was baptized, and there's been a couple more people, and I get to be a part of leading a group that, that will see other people come and find and follow Jesus, and they're going to come to know who he is. And I thought, yeah, there, there it is. It's right there underneath our noses. I wonder if some of you have, have experienced a different level of commitment this last year with, with who God is and what He's doing in your life than you did previously. Uh, maybe it was an area of, of, of your finances, and you said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that I show the Lord a level of commitment that I haven't shown before in obedience to Him, and I'm going to obey. And the kingdom is coming in, in all of that. Maybe you've said, I'm, I'm going to allow Jesus uh, to be the ruler, the Lord, the master uh, over my sexuality. And you've said, you know what, this, this year is going to be completely different and the Lord is coming in those decisions. And, and folks, maybe what we just need to do is lift our head out of the clouds, quite literally, and we need to focus in on what God is doing in his kingdom and say, wow, my conversation is going to change. I'm going to go beyond the weather, and I'm going to allow God to begin to change me by looking at what's going on in the kingdom. Now, what exactly happens when we do that? Uh, what actually begins to happen uh, when we when we begin to see the kingdom of God working in and through our lives and around us and in our church and with, with people that we know, it is that God highlights for us the fact that 
that we are spiritually accountable. Uh, When we begin to lift our head out of the clouds, when we put down a weather app and begin to pick up a kingdom one, what we find is that uh, we have a spiritual ledger with our name on it uh, by which we have to try and balance that with God. Look with me, would you? Pick up with me in verse 57 of chapter 12. Jesus says, why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? As you're going with your adversary to the magistrate, try, to, try hard to be reconciled on the way, or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the very last penny. It's something of a little parable, actually. It's something of a story that Jesus is telling. Uh, This isn't about uh, uh, relationships between uh, one person and another. The entire context here suggests that God is talking about the spiritual account that we have with him. And hey, uh, what about if we were just to put down the weather app and we were to begin to think about the kingdom, and when we begin to think about all that God is doing in his kingdom, uh, we will recognize that we do have a spiritual ledger before God. Whew. How many of you want to really think about the spiritual account you have with God? I mean, we would almost rather do anything else, right? Uh, Rather than begin to think about this account that I have with God, I would rather uh, maybe clean the toilets at camp after the fifth and sixth graders have been there. I I mean, I I would maybe rather uh, clean that grimy green slime off the bottom side of my mower then maybe begin to really begin to think about my spiritual ledger that I am accountable for before the God of the universe, right? And it's not exactly like we just pick up our smartphones and go, oh yeah, look, I'm doing pretty good. So, So how is it that we know how we're doing? How is it that we look at a spiritual ledger and and say, yeah, yeah, I'm good with God or I'm not. Well, the Bible talks about our spiritual ledger. And there's one little word that really tells us where we're at. It's three letters long. Sin. We don't like talking about it. We don't like even mentioning it. But we know that it exists. It's that open rebellion to God. I shouldn't have done something. I wanted to do something else, and so I did it. Sin. It goes all the way back. You've probably heard of the story of Adam and Eve, and there they were, and God gave them uh, everything, and he was with them. 
And they had a choice. And they chose to rebel against God. And ever since then, all of us are the product at some level of that sin. How many of you had to be taught how to sin from your parents? Me neither. It's part of our nature now, isn't it? We're born with this predisposition to rebel against God, to rebel against uh, what He says. And all of us have been there. The result of that is that our spiritual account reads zero. Our spiritual ledger that we stand before God with is woefully insufficient. Our balance reads insufficient funds. So what do we do? How is it that we, we balance this checkbook with God? Uh, if I understand this text correctly, I, I should go and I should seek hard to be reconciled to God uh, with this account before it's too late. So if that's the case, then, then how do I balance my ch- spiritual checkbook? Well, there's been lots of answers that people have given throughout the ages. Uh, lots of answers have been given. Uh, some people have said, well, you know what? All, all it takes is if you're just good. Just be good. I mean, like, pay your taxes, be nice to your neighbors, you know, probably give some to the local church. Uh, maybe give some to your favorite, uh, some finances to your, your favorite social organization. Uh, give it to the United Way or something. And, and, and you know, uh, don't smoke and chew and hang out with the girls that do. And every, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Just be good. Uh, the problem in, in, in the Bible is that God is going to say through His Word that none of us are good, not on our own. That no one is good, that no one is righteous. Uh, Some people have gone about trying to uh, add to their uh, spiritual ledger with God by saying, I'll be religious. I'll come to church every Sunday, I'll teach a Sunday school class, I'll, I'll read the Bible every day, and I'll just do enough religious stuff I'll come, I'll raise my hands and worship, I'll sing with all of my might, and, and that will be good enough. I'll, I'll do enough in the religious sphere that I can now be equal in my ledger, and my balance sheets will read clear with God. But there again, the Bible says you're not going to be saved according to what you do. Even if what you do is those really religious things. You see, those religious things that all of us do, that we love, uh, that we sing, that we serve, uh, those are a result of who God has made us to be. Some have said, hey, I'm going to allow my spiritual ledger with God uh, to, to be added to by just simply comparing myself with other people. 
Now, some of you, uh, some of you are saying right now, well, I'm not near as big a sinner as that guy over there. I'm a little sinner. I'm willing to uh, submit that I'm a little sinner, but I'm a little sinner. And that guy over there, that gal over there, they're big sinners. But can I tell you that the Bible speaks clearly to this? That whether we're big sinners or little sinners, whether we have sinned in catastrophic and public ways or whether we have little secret sins hiding in our closet, that God says that your account is still insufficient. So what is it that we do? Jesus says that if we want to experience a new life with him, we need to repent. Uh, We need to have a change of mind and of heart, a change of direction uh, to say, I no longer wish to live my life outside of God and of Christ. Go back to the passage. If you'll look at there at the very beginning of chapter 13, you'll, you'll see what I'm saying. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because of the way they suffered? Uh, by the way, the... The answer that all of them were thinking was, yes. And Jesus says, no. I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will perish. Or those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, uh, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Jesus gives these two examples, these tragedies. Uh, He gives a newspaper headline, doesn't he? He says, hey, you you know that thing that you saw on the news two nights ago about that person that got in the car wreck? Uh, You know that thing that you saw about that shooting? You remember that tragedy in your family? (laughs) He's saying there's a good time to repent. Repent. There's a good time to stop talking about the weather and start picking up something else about God's kingdom. And it's not later. It's right now. Because you have a spiritual ledger that you need to get right with God. Now I began to think through all of this passage and I began to think, I wonder what Luke's church heard. When Luke came back and, uh, and the gospel was being read to the church wherever Luke attended, I began to think, well, what did they hear? And I think they heard great reversal. 
It's weird, isn't it? There is no, there is no way that our spiritual ledger can be right outside of a relationship with Jesus. But the only way that we get there is by highlighting our debt. Isn't that weird? You see, if I talk more about the weather than the kingdom and recognizing that I have a high spiritual debt, then I never get to talk about God's grace. You see, I I like to just kind of push sin under the rug. I mean, quite frankly, as a preacher, I'd rather uh, stand up and let's just, uh, let's never talk about sin because sin is uncomfortable. Let's not talk about repentance because that means that I would have to change something. But what if, what if by saying, I'm not going to talk about the weather anymore, And by start saying, I'm going to talk about spiritual ledgers that we have to get right with God, I'm going to say, you know what? I have a great high debt that I can't possibly pay. But by God's grace, by his mercy, he paid it for me. You see, if I push sin away and I just want to talk about the weather I don't get to talk to you today about the great and amazing grace of Jesus Christ. You see, church, I am challenging you to reverse your thinking. I'm challenging you to reverse your conversation. That maybe you'd talk less about the weather you talk more about the kingdom. And you would find that your great debt has been paid. That you need not fear talking about your sin because it's been paid. And Jesus paid it. So if you're here this morning, you walked in maybe with a friend, and all of this sounds crazy. Would you... Would you be willing this morning either to raise your hand or fill out a card or talk to me afterwards or come down the aisle so that we can help you figure out what it means to experience and to know the grace of God to repent? And if you're a church member and and this is your church home and you've been coming for a long time, uh, can I help you know That God's grace is still good for you? That his grace is still sufficient for you? Uh, That as a Christian, uh, you haven't sinned so much that suddenly like the grace goes away and it doesn't extend to you anymore? No, God's grace is still good for you because he loves you that much. All you have to do is change your conversation. Put down your weather app pick up a kingdom one because his grace is good for you. Let me pray as the band comes. Lord God, I, I thank you for who you are and all that you do. Lord, you know and I know 
all the things that I have done, all the thoughts that I've had, all the words that I have said, all the actions I've carried out. You know my deepest shames. You know my darkest spots. You know the areas of roughness in my life. But you've covered me. And you've said your grace is sufficient. Lord, I repent this morning. I repent of selfishness and pride. I repent of the times in which I have lost control. Lord, help me to change my life. And I pray for all of those here. I pray that we would change our conversation and our tone. And we'd be willing to highlight our debt for you so that your grace shows up abundantly. Lord, thank you for leading our lives toward reversal. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.